Welcome everyone to our Thursday night Stargate Roundtable. We're happy to have all of you here and we have a full team here tonight. So uh, we'll begin with an opening meditation by Angel Sue. So Angel Sue, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. I'm very happy to be here and I welcome you all. By the light of God that never, never fails. In the office of the Christ and only in the office of the Christ. And we are invoking those loving energies of St. Germain and the Violet Flame. As we gather together here at Stargate Roundtable. I'm going to get directly to the original law of creation. And if you'll just take a moment and take in a big breath. And when you're ready, let that breath flow to the earth. See the light of God washing through the center throughout all the interior of the planet, rising and illuminating all the surface and reaching out further to beyond our planet to all of creation. allowing this moment to be filled with your intention of peace, harmony, and grace. And with the law of one flooding through your heart, beyond the planet, take your stand as the divine child of God that you are, the the true goddesses and gods, the divine aspect of who you are. And for whatever situation and condition that's going on for you and for all of your beloveds, family and friends, associates, and the whole collective of spirit. We call in the known and the unknown associated with all of this. To hold the peace and the growth into even more divinity. We call in all the situations and all those beings and we claim 
joyous miracle for everything. And this is where we say, we are all one. When one is harmed, then all are harmed. As one is helped and healed, then all are helped and healed. And all of this stuff that we carry around on our shoulders that is waiting to be created into a whole new divine vibration. We celebrate this opportunity. And we ask that in the name of who we are, and we are one with all there is. Very good. That only the highest... Thank you, thank you. And I've still got the blue box at the bottom with no place to sign in, so I don't know what's up up tonight, but it's different than normal. So I won't be able to get a message from you if we have callers, and that's going to be a problem, so... May have to have somebody else. Uh, misunderstanding of anything that is less than the divine. And with this, I pass the talking stick back to you, Marita. Thank you. Well, thank you, Angel Sue. We appreciate you uh, doing the opening for us. And and sorry there was a problem here with the. Uh, I, I can't uh, get the uh, message board up tonight, so uh, someone else, when people call in, will have to uh, speak up and tell us, because I'm sure our second hour will be wanting to use that. So, well, we have Omina back. She hasn't been here for a little while, and so we're happy to have her. And I don't, but I don't see her now, so... Okay, Randy, tell us what's going on on the other side of the world here. Greetings, everyone. Well, what we're going to start out tonight with is we're going to listen to a few seconds of a Mongolian prayer using only the throat. Randy, are you playing something? We can't hear anything here. Yeah, are you setting it up, Randy? Yeah, you can't hear that. No, No, we heard the beginning of a sound and then it went away and it's been gone for about 10 seconds now or more. Okay, then this isn't going to work. Well, you'll just have to tell us about it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I did a test last night with someone else. It worked okay, but maybe not over Skype. Okay, Okay. basically, the understanding of how powerful a human voice is, a lot of people don't understand it because for centuries, centuries, many different monks from many different countries have used the power of voice to do many things. Myself, I believe the Mongolians are the best at it because they've been doing it, I think, longer than anyone else. They call it throat singing. And what it is is you're using your, 
instead of you, they're using their whole chest cavity and they vibrate it to bring tones and overtones out. And it's being real. It's been popularized by a band called the Who, the H U. And anyone wants to see, just look up Wolf Totem by the Who. Now, my message this week was channeled by a friend of mine in England. I'd like to read it. How do you respond to a calling to a planet that is in the process of destroying itself? Well, we have dispatched millions of star seeds as part of our ground crew. Each one of these star seeds is being activated for service during this time. Whether aware of it or not, each will play a crucial role in how this all comes together. For many, everything playing out in the now has already played out long ago. There are certain rules to the universe, and this situation is being taken very seriously. Many will not grasp what is actually happening collectively as these events continue to unfold. That's why this has been a gradual reveal. A disclosure is happening all around us. Your governments are aware of this and has no choice but to comply. Those with service of self-intentions are being removed from the planet at this time. A new paradigm is being created. When this planet was created, it was a literal heaven on earth. Since then, there were many galactic wars, ones your governments participated in. We have good news. The light is once again in control. Many of you already hold the keys to the new earth, a place we have already collectively created once. To take yourself there faster, see the good in the people around you. Give yourself and those around you space to heal. Take the time you need to adjust to these new frequencies. This planet is getting flooded with the energy of the new. It's up to you to learn how to once again master your energy. This entire planet is once again aligning with the higher dimensions. Your notions of poverty, disease, and separation will be no more. Stay patient with this process. Our ships are once again here, anticipating a mass landing if needed. Namaste. Well, thank you. You're Any welcome. comments from anybody before we move on? Well, oh gosh, that mass landing comment certainly gives one pause. <laughs> that would throw people into a tizzy. I'm a little surprised at that. Maybe post-disclosure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. But what Ra has been doing, she's been visiting all the powerful sites in England, and I'm pretty sure she got that message from sitting in a crop circle. Wow, that's pretty cool. They have amazing crop circles over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll pass the talking <laughs> stick. Thank you, Alrighty. Randy. Uh, Vinayak, are you on here and would you like to speak? And we want to thank him for introducing us to our uh, uh, guest for tonight. 
Uh, greetings, everybody. Yes, this is Vinayak, and uh, it's my pleasure to be with everybody again tonight. And I'm looking forward to hearing what uh, everybody else has to say. And also, I want to invite you to uh, extend, um, to be sure to call in tonight and ask questions to our guest because she's a wealth of knowledge and uh, she gets stimulated by your questions. So, panel, I would like to invite you to think of questions that you might have, as well as our uh, audience, our listening audience. If you're listening live with us right now, I invite you to be sure to call in, make sure you write down the numbers when Marita gives it out. And I'm feeling uh, a lot of nurturing energy on the planet right now. Uh, an immense amount of uh, love uh, that is very nurturing and calming in the midst of the storms that are about. And I just invite everybody to tap into that energy versus the appearance of what is happening on the planet as well as what is actually happening. Because we are in a cleansing period in my mind and in my opinion. And uh, we are definitely ascending as we speak. So welcome, everybody. And once again, thank you for joining us on the call tonight. I pass the talking stick. Thank you very much. All right. Um, let's see. Caroline, what would you have to talk with us about tonight? Yes, thank you, Marita. Uh, much of what the collective are giving me to pass on to people is similar to what Vinayak was saying. Um, they're pointing out that the energies coming in right now are affecting a lot of people as if there's a lot of pressure bearing down on people. And they're saying um, it isn't that your life isn't working, which is what it may feel like. They're asking us to go into non-resistance, just open up, accept, and allow. All right, it isn't an internal pressure that indicates, well, I'm in big trouble in this part of my life or that part. It's shift energy so that we can move to a much higher vibration in every part of life. But it's bigger even than that. It's much bigger than our life circumstances, which evolve over the decades, over the years, obviously, and which fade away once we leave the earth, once we rejoin a purely spiritual existence. So... It's just saying, release anything in your life that looks a little difficult. Just say, I allow, I bless, I accept, uh, I release all resistance. Um, don't um, feel like you failed at something. Or, you know, this is what people are coming up with. They're saying, don't feel like, oh, I made a bad decision about this or that. The pressure coming down on you is to release the impulse to go 
into the ego and the personality and the logical mind and to allow then the subconscious fears to direct all those things. And we're really coming out of all that. We're evolving very far out of the ego mind, evolving out of being personality, releasing influences, energetic or, or outer influences that are not who we are. We mistake them for who we are or for what we're thinking or feeling, and that's not who we are. So just be a little bit more aware, they're saying. Just keep your eyes open. Uh, don't take other people's personalities too seriously. Don't take your own too seriously and just release a bit. Take time to relax, to meditate where you're just concentrating on your breathing, where you're asking your higher self, so what do I need to know exactly about this time? And if you don't feel that they, your higher self is giving you direct words and phrases, you know, just say to them, download me with your energy. I know your wisdom will come through to me at the right time and way and it will kind of bubble up from inside you don't have to stress about that so some people use muscle testing to get a quick yes or no answer which i really have used for years uh some people use the pendulum etc so um yeah we need to not put pressure on ourselves and it can be a pressurized time of year as well so just keep all that in mind um to just go lighter rather than heavier at this time Okay, thank you so much. Okay. Oh, has young Omina joined us? <laughs> Hello, can you hear me? I yes. can, yeah. Well, I'm just having a hard time with this whole thing. Turn video off. Okay, just a minute. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and you know, I've had an Where email about? come in and come okay, in now on I'm top off. of everything. And I, so I can't even... Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay, I'm on. I had a hard time. Welcome back, Amina. Thank yeah. you. Welcome home. Do you know oh. where home is yet? It's still no, I, no, I don't. I'm still I'm still recovering, you might say. No, I do know where home is, yes. Okay. I'm glad to be back. It's just a little strange and I probably won't stay on the two hours for tonight. I'm having so a little happy bit of to that. have you back. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Ha, oh, you've been through a you. lot with the family stuff, huh? Yes. Yes, it very it was very very tragic. And uh, I was very busy for the whole month helping everybody get through it and that's what I do and then I fall apart when it's over. <laughs> your sis your sister made her transition and wasn't there a younger person or something that had something happen? Three days later, her grandson was killed in an accident. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Her daughter's, her daughter's oldest son. So mm -hmm. that was quite a, yeah. that was quite a uh, problem. Oh, boy. So I, I arrived with them planning two funerals. But I was able to stay with my brother-in-law while the daughters and everybody else was busy doing that. So they didn't have to worry about him. Oh boy. So, yeah. So that would that's that's and and you know what I came away from all that? What? I'm definitely not going that way. I'm definitely not having calling hours. None of that. 
Well, you know, you still okay. can decide not to go. That doesn't have to happen. You know, the- no, I'm I'm having a live wake a week before I go. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, that would be an doing. American wake. They should have they uh-huh. given you an American wake anyway where you left. Yeah, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a live wake before I go because I know where I'm gonna go, and then I'm just gonna go home and spend the last week getting ready to leave. That's all. Okay. But that won't be for with, quite a while yet. With your red dress on. Definitely. Oh. I'll wear the I'll and wear you, the and red your dancing shoes. I'll wear the red dress for the last week. Yeah, they can cremate me in the red dress. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Hey, I mean, it don't leave us or too soon. No, 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 no. I'll be 96 when I go if I don't change my mind. All right. Okay. Well, so. 86, bad idea, now? and stay with us. <laughs> well, I'm not leaving until I get my work done, so my work is not done yet. Well, okay. Neither is ours. We're still I know. here. It's never done. Exactly. Even when you get to the other side, it's not done. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, we're having a good time, aren't we? Anybody <laughs> having fun yet? Oh, some days, some some days more than others, but I heck. Some days more than others, but today I had a very interesting woman visit me, and she belongs to the Happiness Club that's worldwide. So on March fifth, I'm going to be an inspirational speaker. And tell us about the Happiness Club. That is fantastic. Yeah, the yeah. happiness, the Happiness Club has to do with the uh, uh, town and county of Hartford and every the first Thursday of every month they have a speaker and it's all about happiness. I can't remember off the top of my head the person that started it but it's a worldwide club as well so um, the lady that coordinates it came today to me for whatever reason she came and Anyway, I'm going to be a speaker there on March 5th. Well, okay. Now, if there's a, a way that you can uh, send uh, send me the information about that, uh, then I can forward it to everybody. Yes. Well, it won't be televised. That's no, good. but I meant, uh, uh, you can, can we listen that. to it? No, I don't think so. I don't know if they're going to allow me to tape it or not. Okay. This is about this is about people that come for special speakers that talk. Oh, I see. And my subject is your story begins here. Okay. Well, when you uh, if you have some uh, good information that that you bring through at that time, maybe you can share that the next time you're uh, our guest on here. Oh, oh, absolutely. I'm going to see if it can be videotaped. It would be really good. Because okay. I'm sure, I'm sure it's going to be good. I know it's going to be good. I just have to show up and do the work, and <laughs> uh, and just give whatever I'm. You know, it'll be interactive with the audience, and she said that they will absolutely love it. Okay. Because the subject being your story begins here, that opens it up to people to talk about whatever they want to talk about after I talk. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's kind of like this would be, probably be my biggest, my first biggest audience. And Where's so, what size do you think that might be? It's going to be about a hundred people. Uh huh. And where's it going to be at? Amina? It's going to be at the Town and County Club in Hartford. 
It's a private club. In Hartford, okay. Connecticut. Hartford, Connecticut, yes. But they have a worldwide program, so who knows where to lead. So the Happiness Club is what, if we did happinessclub.com? You probably can, yeah. Okay. This is all new to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you can tell us more about it uh, after you speak. Well, the funny thing about it is I have met her before, and for some reason, it's a long time ago, uh, not maybe four or five years ago, that's not a long time ago, but she found me again, so it's just very, it's just all in divine order, I guess. Mm. Yeah. They're having Bernie Siegel next month. Okay. January, so I'm going to go to that. The guest they're having tonight, she wanted me to come, but I couldn't because I was doing this, and she took my car to give it to this person that she wants me to see her. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this is a lady that was in a bad accident. Her husband and son was killed, and she ended up oh. in a wheelchair. Oh, my She's my now goodness. an inspirational speaker. But the woman I had today, oh. her daughter was murdered 18 years ago. <sighs> yeah, I know. Very, very tragic. Very, very tragic. And she's also an inspirational speaker, oh. so... Mine will be just on a little different, be just a little, di- little different, I guess. I don't really know yet what it's going to be, but I just know it'll be good. Yeah. And funny. Well, say hello oh, to her. I mean, if you stay on long enough for our guest, our guest had a, um, a daughter that passed over very early on, tragically. Yeah. So, so did mine. Here we go. Right now. Uh, the uh, uh, let us know, uh, and when you go say hello to Bernie Siegel for me, he, I was on the board when, as we founded the American Holistic Medical uh, on the board there with him for 12 years. So, uh, all of I mean, these icons, it, it's just amazing that uh, uh, that they're all still here, all of us. Oh, I know, I know. I most certainly will when I get because I will meet him. So I'm and I've and I've read all his stuff. I'm very familiar with him. Right. And uh, so I'll be very happy to meet him just because to celebrate with him. So right. Be, well, yeah. Yeah. Good so it'll be terrific. It will be terrific. Yes. I just have yeah. a very good feeling about it. Uh huh. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Just well, terrific. Tonight, what do you have to say? Sorry? Asking Vinayak about what? We thank you, and uh, if uh, Vinayak wants to be the next person to speak, we'll see what he has to say. Oh, okay. Uh, I think he already gave his update. Yeah, I've already uh, uh, talked tonight a little bit. Okay. Well, maybe that was (laughs) when I... See, I had to reboot and get back on, so I may have missed that. So oh, uh, we okay. thank you for bringing our guest to uh, to my attention, and so that will be uh, good for tonight, too. So, Yeah, well, I think everybody is really going to enjoy our guest, Judy, tonight. And like yes, I said, please I've, bring your questions with you. I've certainly enjoyed uh, visiting with her this week myself, so... Excellent. Well, She's been a longtime friend of mine and uh, right. extremely knowledgeable 
wonderful herbalist and really kind of a jack of all trades. She puts her mind to something and she just creates it or does it. So right. Well, we have so many similar similarities in our background with using the frequencies and all kinds of natural stuff. Uh, you know, not having been to a doctor for 45 years, I've done about a lot of the same things that she's done. So it's been really fun. So, okay. Well, Rama, did you talk to anybody this week? <laughs> You'll have to unmute yeah, you guys. Yes. Yeah. Greetings. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. Um, I just wanted to say, I don't know if you know Caroline or or Captain Randy, what the website is for the Who uh, singing group from from Mongolia. I've never heard of them. Randy? I can look it up right now. Give me a minute and I'll put it in the chat. Yeah, okay. Okay, it's, I know he, it's... He posted it on uh, Facebook also. Okay. Oh. For whatever reason... I can't get the chat uh, line up on my thing. Instead of having the box where you click on it, it's just a little blue box that I can't get into. So um, everybody else can see it. I will uh, communicate that later. So Okay. <laughs> so, Rama, what else did you uh, – who did you talk to this week? Uh, well, I can say that – what we've been watching this week and experiencing, like um, Natasha and the King of Swords and many others, we are getting a great education right now in the civics that we haven't really learned in the last 50 years since the impeachment of Richard Nixon, and at the same time, uh, well, that's 44 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> and what has happened here with this current story makes Watergate look small, because we are talking about the planet and the endangerment of the planet's species. Uh, by 500,000 individual souls. Yeah, and Aligning not, with that pyramid of 13 tiers of fallen angelic uh, organizations. Yes, they are playing in their final endgame story as the energies continue to pour in from Alcyon, the great central sun, uplifting us. And because of that, it is affecting them as they resist and they continue to lash out at the whistleblowers and the people who are speaking truth to power. And this is uh, kind of, you know, like what... Um, Mr. Going Underground on RT talks about the everyday Julian Assange 
sitting in Belmarsh Prison is not being given the aid and comfort he needs and taken to another hospital are... To a clinic, is what they said. Yes. A hospital clinic where he has complete 100% attention ongoing. And what this is about is the war against free speech where whistleblowers and journalists and people who have experienced the horrors of what this empire has done called uh, in the face of aggression I can just put it that way this is why Ed Snowden is sitting in Moscow and on another level why Max Blumenthal was harassed by the police and they sent the SWAT teams to come and arrest him and Medea Benjamin got a visit from the Gestapo, excuse my language. Well, it, just say that it was Debbie Wasserman Schultz, um, uh, I guess, yes, bodyguards. She, and they they were like six foot three feet tall and stuff like that. And they, they, they grabbed her, picked her up, and threw her on the pavement. Body slammed her. Body slammed her on the pavement. And no, more they, it was, it was Medea Benjamin who got body slammed, not yes. Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Though we just Debbie Wasserman Schultz's uh, bodyguards picked up Medea Benjamin, and yeah. she was standing right next to. Debbie Wasserman Schultz with a big sign, you know, exposing Debbie for what she was. And so the, uh, these bodyguards for Debbie Wasserman Schultz <coughs> picked up Medea Benjamin right standing beside her and, and literally, you know, physically threw her to the pavement. And yeah. she couldn't sleep all night. She she was in so much pain when she was talking when I heard her the next day. And uh, that's not nice. And we oh. just got to remind everybody that Debbie Wasserman Schultz was given $2 billion by Netanyahu to do this dark work uh, and, and to do the bidding of Hillary Clinton, too. Hillary Clinton's connected to Netanyahu in that way. Yeah. So this is... Yeah. This is big stuff as we approach, you know, these times right now as this, this current government is collapsing as something else is coming in and transfiguring, transforming. And it is about divine government coming in, as Patty Robles describes, connected with the ascended masters and the wise councils of elders as more comes to the light of day. Yet there's this bit of his story and her story that has to come clean, which is that 
there is this uh, double side of the story going on, if you will, where we are living in a fascist state, the corporations have taken over, yet at the same time, our republic, as we can keep it, is hanging by a thread. Most people don't even understand or begin to understand what I'm saying because we haven't been taught how this republic isn't even in creation. It is a yeah, that just idea that hasn't come to fruition yet, but it is this passion play that's playing out with the promise of what St. Germain brought to us called the secret destiny of America, meaning right now the corporations run, control every single square inch of our existence. And to this point, even... They want to start playing with the AI facial recognition technology. They are having trouble staying in place to control, though. That's I right. I just heard the other day that the service sector in England is 80% plus of the entire economy uh, for for the UK. Uh, and it's uh, it has not been able to pick itself up for three solid months. And they're saying they're looking in, into the next little while, and it looks like it's going to just completely fall out of existence. So completely in control is not quite the way it is. Yeah. No. And what... You know, in the last few days, everyone is just telling me, as we've been watching this impeachment proceedings, they are telling giant stories that need to be told that haven't been told for many, many, many years. And at the same time, the Republicans, it is their mission to lie, to cheat, to steal, to convert and twist the stories. And this is why you watched Senator Collins, who was a failed actor. I read that somewhere today. He actually went to drama school and he failed. And what <laughs> Well, he, it wasn't his calling. No. But the way that these people use the power of the spoken word, this brings me back to this movie with Ben Stewart, Chimatica, Zeitgeist, Esoteric Agenda, word magic, when they use words in certain ways to twist the meanings, they're playing with your heart and they're playing with the lower energies and this is what the dark side is masters at and we choose to send them more love, but they are desperate at these very last moments of the end times, and I do mean their end times. I keep hearing from all the folks I talk to, full disclosure, is so on the edge right now of happening, where all this other stuff is 
you know, infotainment in a certain way. As what we find out, I just uh, watched this 45-minute YouTube that talks about the looking glass technology, the Stargates connected with Andrew Basiago, who went to Mars along with President Obama. And these stories are not being talked about in cer- except in certain circles. And the fact of the matter is this looking glass technology has been around. <laughs> the Stargates, this is what Stargate SG-1 Stargate Atlantis, the TV shows were all about. This is why we have the largest military bases on the planet in the Middle East, the Stargates. It goes back to Sumeria. We are about to have the revealing of these ancient technologies from the Anunnaki, the Sumerians, like Zachariah Sitchin talked about, all these technologies are starting to be revealed. And from how many thousands of years ago since before the flood, these technologies are still functioning. And these 13 families... Well, one of those artifacts that were discovered... Um, it was like a flat screen TV and it's still working for 10,000 years. Yes. It's still working right here, right now. And they, So that means they had that kind of technology that they're just introducing to us in the last, you know, what, 15 years of flat what screen? Is plasma, but the gold dust. That is the story, the beginning and the end of this story, the gold dust, which is in our veins that St. Germain talks about in the green books, the magic presence. And this is what the huge war is about, is about us ascending without death, using Mm -hmm. the gold dust to help us ascend. And they don't want us to remember how to do that. Because they lost their own planet by playing war games, so they wanted to take this planet for themselves and reduce the human top population to under 2% and use the 2% of us as the slave population for them to have the whole planet for themselves. And that started 10,000 years ago when they genetically engineered our food which ended up as their means of genetically engineering the DNA. And so uh, this latest book is still the most uh, latest uh, uh, understanding of how to uh, unravel that story. It's called The Plant Paradox by Dr. Stephen Gundry, and uh, G-U-N-D-R-Y. And it talks about so-called healthy food that can cause disease and obesity because it was the genetically engineered uh, situation from 10,000 years ago. And we never knew that until now. And then they've been doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on it because they're the 
place where they're very concerned because we're waking up and there's so many of us now. So today, Rama, he said, he said, I called, I received a call late this morning from Larry and Tom, the ringtail cat. Yes. And they said to me, Lord Rama, the great outpouring of the energies from Lord Alcyon, the great central sun in the Pleiades. I hear myself echoing back. Excuse us, everybody. Continues to flow in and offer upliftment to all of us, uh, all of us, to Mother Gaia's children. For the asking, you have to remember to ask, you know. And um, that being said, those who insist on hanging on to the dark side of the force continue to fall deeper into the flames of destruction by their very own choice, as this remains a free will choice planet. Tom and Larry said, Lord Rama, there's that echo. Dr. Cornell West has been uh, conversing with President Obama and Michelle. Cornell said they are telling him, quote, we are going to step into the political scene. I don't know why there's a big echo. I can see there's a big ring around the... Uh, no, don't worry, Tara. I don't hear an echo, so just carry on. Oh, okay, All good. Right. That's great. Thank you. Um, we are going to step into the political scene in the United States, and it may be in tandem with this powerful Saturn in Pluto conjunction in Capricorn uh, coming up here on January 12th, 2020. This, again, to remind everybody, it, the last time that this occurred uh, was indeed 500 years ago. So this is huge, and that was during the uh, Reformation period that St. Germain was coming in on then. Yes. And Nostradamus and Leonardo da Vinci. All the Renaissance. That. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. So um, this is a big deal, <laughs> very big deal. Okay, so um, oh. continue to go deeper. Continue to clear all old paradigm polarity patterns and replace them with angels, fairies, feathers, crystals, rainbows, and the power of the positive thought. Please and thank you. Yes. Blaze the violet fire and put on those wings and do not take them off. And shine, shine, shine our light. Um, and then please listen to the sound vibration of the who was a message, H-U, and I think I can read this here. Uh, it's H-T-T-P, as in Paul, S, colon, forward slash, forward slash, www dot, oh, no, no, uh, google.com, it's what it says under there, but go back to that big red G. Okay. Uh, it's called the Who Throat Singing. Oh, put it in the search engine. Okay. It's called, whoops. Yeah, just a second. What did you yeah. do? 
You just if you just do a search for the who H U throat singing yeah yeah a ton of stuff yeah. comes up but I have a question it's called the who <laughs> the who official dot com that's right <clears throat> I have a question though young people yes um when when. Professor West said we are getting back into the political scene. What did he mean by we? He and the Obamas, or just the Obamas, or who was he talking about? No, um, the way it was said is that Cornell said to Larry and Tom that uh, President Obama and Michelle said we, meaning President Obama oh. and Michelle speaking, that we are going to step into the political scene in the United States. Thanks for re-asking, because if you didn't understand that, then somebody else didn't either. And it may be, this is President Obama and Michelle speaking, and it may be in tandem with this powerful Saturn in Pluto conjunction in Capricorn coming up here on January 12th, 2020. Somewhere in around that period, you know. The last time this occurred was indeed 500 years ago. Continue to go deeper. Does that explain it? That's excellent. Yeah. Um, The sooner they get back in, the better. December. Pardon? You said January. Didn't you mean December 12-12? No. January 12th, 2020. January 12th. Interesting. Okay. Thank you. Are you correct? Mm Mm-hmm. That's what the ladies and gentlemen of Jelly Bean said. Yeah, and it's leading up now. There's all kinds of things that are already here, but the big emphasis is coming in January, and that continues all the way to December. In other words, the whole you might as well say the whole year of 2020 is going to be that kind of energy. Yeah, full disclosure, kind of just the revealing of what has gone on for so long that it helps us lift ourselves up so we can see in a better light. Ah, uh, and 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 as Benayek as was saying too, and they've been telling us this in so many different ways on each report, even before now, is that uh, this is the time to clear all the old paradigm ways uh, that we've been ingrained in behaving that way, you know. So it's really important that um, we self-correct our course in the moment. You know, you get you ready to open your mouth and say something that's old paradigm. Close your mouth again and praise, respect, thank, and love the feeling. And then reconsider how you're going to present, uh, you know, what you're going to voice. And do that in in your movements and, and, and the way you be and apply detail every single second because we're in a 2,000-year period of applying detail. And it's going to get more and more persistent to, you know, because if we've been 
if we've been eating genetically engineered food that's genetically engineered our DNA, that means we've got to pay attention and we've got to change it. And we got to change it now. And, and, and see, the, at the time we're in right now, like, for instance, the, uh, there's a, 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 an index for pollution. And I was just, uh, I was going over something from watching the Hawks about this. And the air quality index, the highest it goes is 999.99. And that's as high as that scale goes. And they said that the air quality in New Delhi is estimated to be seven times worse than the air quality in Beijing. And they're both going past the scale of measurability. And we must realize that the greater responsibility for the air quality over there is because what we're doing is we're sending over, you know, 65, 70,000 manufacturing companies and all of the jobs, and we're sending them over there to China. And then, you know, New Delhi is, uh, yeah, India, hello, how may I help you? Oh, yes, I'm in India, yes. How may I help you? <laughs> so it's really the lifestyle that's being lived over here, which as the people of the rest of the world were to live the way that this lifestyle is being lived, we would need six planets of the kind that we have here. So that's not happening. So again, uh, that has to do with moving out of this idea of a growth cycle. Like they keep on saying that we've got to continue to grow no, we got to come into a balance where we uh, work with stuff like free energy, which stops using fossil fuels altogether. So that is. I see that Judy is here. Uh, whenever you finish, uh, we our speaker is here. So wrap up what you, whatever you need to do. But but we uh, do have her on the line. I see. Okay, Marita, is there any questions or emails from your end? No, there isn't anything here, and I cannot see the board when Adon, I don't think so. Now, the message I saw came in, not on the, the I don't have the whole no, no, uh, sidebar here, but there was a little tag that at, uh, from Don says our um, Judy is here. So hopefully if we when we have callers, I'll see that, but if I don't, um, will somebody take responsibility for letting me know? Okay. Yes, I will. Okay. All, All right. right. Pass this talking stick to you, Marita Robert. Well, uh, we have our guest on the line here. Judy, can you hear me? I can. Hello. Well, wonderful. Well, Vinayak introduced me to this wonderful lady, and we have so much in common and have enjoyed uh, talking to each other here. Um, why don't you begin and uh, uh, talk a little bit about what you do and how you work, and then uh, we will uh, mention that anyone who wants to call in and ask a question uh, can call 888-429-5471. Eight 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 
429-5471. Our second number is 232-744-4841. So, Judy, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, and uh, and then we invite our um, listening audience to call in and ask questions. All right. Well, thank you. Um, Vinayak, you're welcome to chime in if you want to add anything to it when we get going here. I Okay. Am, I'll be happy to. It's like when welcome, we were discussing Judy. what I should do. It's like I wasn't quite sure here. But I well, what? Do, how do you work with people, and and uh, how, you know, what kind of? Uh, just tell us a little about your journey. I think for people to understand uh, how, uh, how, what size family you grew up in, and what size family you raised, and how did you take care of them, and uh, that kind of thing. I was what I think our listeners would really be interested in. Okay, and I, I do have a story to tell. I was raised in a family of 14. I was number eight of eight girls before they got their first boy. So that may tell you that it was called survival of the fittest, and I learned how to survive. <laughs> I, my father contracted... Um, malaria in New Guinea when he was in the war and so my whole childhood I remember him studying Adele Davis anything that he could get a hold of to learn how to deal with the malaria because he went through the pharmaceutical the medical shebang where they gave him the quinine and all those different things and basically told him he had six months and he figured out how to feed his body what it needed, and needless to say, he obviously did a pretty good job because he fathered 14 children and lived till he was 56, and he got that when he was 19. So that was my basis of starting out, and as I told our dear host that my mother couldn't stand the sight of blood, and with 14 children, you know that's going to occur. And so at a very young age, I started to become the family doctor and intuitively was uh, picked up on plants and different things out of the forest that I could use to make poultices or whatever because we didn't have a lot of money, obviously, with that many children. My father worked at the local uh, lumber mill, and my mother, of course, stayed at home and took care of kids and made nine nine loaves of bread every day to feed us scenario. But I was raised in a family where mom did make bread. She ground her own wheat. We didn't have sugar in our house. We had honey. And sometimes dad would get the dark brown sugar for certain things. But we were basically raised on whole wheat and honey (coughs) that we grew, you know, in our backyard. We raised a a garden. We had over an acre of just corn. And we did all of our vegetables. The only thing I ever remember my mom buying at the store was things like butter and Miracle Whip and tuna fish once in a while and avocados if they're on sale. Just everything basically came came out of our garden. We had a huge um, 
storage for that, a cellar. And that's basically how I grew up. Uh, when we were in school, I remember it was a big day every day that they came in to do the immunizations and they had to have a signed paper from your parents and my father refused to let us children have those because he said when he was in the service, they used the military boys as their guinea pigs to see how they would react. And he said there were so many times that they would come in when they were, you know, out on the field in the Philippines and New Guinea, and they would use these uh, immunizations on these soldiers, and most of them never woke up the next morning. And so he absolutely refused to let us do that. As a uh, new mother, I thought I was going to do a better job than I thought he did, and I was going to have my children immunized because I didn't understand everything other than my dad's opinion. And my oldest boy got whooping cough when he was like two and a half months old before they even did the immunization for that and almost lost him. And my pediatrician at the time told me, he said, uh, I have two sons. One, I've done everything by the book. And the other one, we haven't given him anything. And he said, the one that hasn't had him is healthier than the one that has. And he said, I, I don't suggest doing that at this time. And, and that was my aha that my father knew what he was talking about. And I didn't go there. I raised seven children, and we didn't do that. I did have them in school for a while. And when it became more difficult, I pulled them out, and I homeschooled my children. But I had a lot of problems with my health because my father had malaria and it left a miasm, you know, in all of us children. And each one of us were affected in different areas um, from this growing up. And so through time, I had to learn how to uh, take care of myself and do things differently. I actually gave birth to five of my children out of seven at home. My first one, I actually had a doctor and a midwife there. The other ones, I made my husband do it. <laughs> and he turned out to be a very good midwife. I've uh, also done that myself. I've had uh, people come into my home. Um, I used to drive the Amish midwife. And so I've had quite a bit of experience in that and love working with new moms and, and teaching them how to uh, have a better experience. Hmm. Of course, having seven children of my own, there was a lot of experiences of things that we got to go through where I had to learn techniques, how to take care of them because of lack of funds. And so at a very young age and as a new mother, I learned how to go out in the yard and pick herbs or into the forest. I remember one time I had a a new baby that was about five months old that got a really super high fever. We didn't have money to go get an aspirin. And I didn't know all of the things on how to get a fever out of a child like I do now. But I knew that I had aspirin in the yard behind me. So I had my son go get some of the bark out of the inside layer of the cambium, you know, on the 
bark off the tree, and I made a a tea out of it, and I gave her, you know, a couple of drops. Had no idea how bitter it was, and of course she reacted quite uh, interesting when I put that in her mouth, but it brought her fever down. And I can't tell you how many times I was put into those positions to rely on my intuition and my knowledge of the forest and the yard to help my children when they were in need. And there's other times, like I had a son break his arm severely, compound fractured it, had to have double plates put on each bone. Well, they put him on a antibiotic and he reacted severely to it. He was actually in so much pain from his allergic reaction that he was seeing red and sick to his stomach. And so when I took him in, they wanted to give him something for the nausea. They wanted to give him something for the pain. And the intuitive mother in me said no. And scared to death, I used grapefruit seed extract as my antibiotic. And I did some other herbs, and I gave that to him through the duration of his arm healing, and we were fine. I didn't have to use the other stuff. But it's through those experiences, through experiences with my own body, having multiple situations that have occurred in my life where I almost didn't make it, reversing many illnesses within myself that has taught me what I've learned. I know I have people on the call tonight that are people that I've helped, but I, I've, I've learned all of this the hard way. Basically, I call it the degree in survival. And <laughs> then I, in turn, have the ability and the sight and the intuitiveness to tap into an individual and help them with what they need. And so in... Marita asked me tonight what I would like to talk about. I told her that I thought one of the things that I thought would be the most beneficial is to give you guys some all simple guidelines to help you maintain health in your family, how to deal with certain things when they happen that are simple that you probably have on the shelf or do not cost a fortune to go get, and you don't have to, you know spend a lot of money to get results. So how's that for a start, Marita? (laughs) Sounds really good, and I'm sure that everybody's just waiting to find out uh, what do they need to put on their shelves. Right, and so when I I was listening... Go ahead, Benek. Judy, I just wanted to mention that you also chose to homeschool all your children, as I believe. Is that true? I did, because of that, yeah. yes. So, so not only did she run the household, do the homeschooling of the children, uh, feed them, provide the food for them, and uh, her husband was there also, you know, I don't know, working in the field or if he was traveling at that time or what, Judy, but you can kind of fill in that story and then... Okay. Tell us what we need on the uh, shelves today. Well, when I first married him, he was a dairy farmer, which we didn't stay into for very long because he had been in an accident prior to me meeting him where he broke his neck. 
and uh, he started to develop allergies to the grain and started having asthma, and so he was one of my first fun experiences <laughs> of trying to help. And um, after that, we did just farming. We got into quite a few different things, but at uh, one point, we besides just growing a garden, I actually put in um, commercial greenhouses. And so I was raising organic tomatoes and bedding plants and providing floral, you know, flowers and different things for people just to stay in the spirit of homegrown and healthy and organic. Um, I know what Vinayak's getting at because he knows that at that point when the children were older, I was running two, 3,000 square foot greenhouses. I was making up to 500 loaves of bread a week and pies and, and uh, fried bread and different things and selling them at the market. And in the fall, when the fruit and everything came on, I switched from, you know, the bedding plants into selling fruit and different things. And so my day basically for nine months would be a 22-hour day, seven days a week. And so that in itself was a, was a help challenge that uh, almost took me out a couple of times. Um, and so that brings me to uh, basically the things that I've learned on a very low-income budget and the gifts and the people that showed up in my life at the time that I needed them to help me and my first few stories were, you know, they were um, different things where I had like nine tumors on one of my breasts, different things like that, how I reversed it. But my biggest, biggest quest I think was after doing almost nine months of 22 hours and no sleep at the very end of the season, we were making our very last run to pick up peaches and different things, and I was selling those, and whatever didn't sell, I would put into jars and stick it on the shelf, you know, to have for my kids. So on top of all of that, that year I canned over 2,000 quarts of fruit and meat and different things to have food for the winter to feed my kids. Well, I got food poison the last week. And I told my husband, I said, uh, I feel like I could go to bed and sleep for a year. And he says, well, who's going to make bread for the kids? <laughs> and I was so mad, I got one more burst of energy, and I went and cleaned the freezer out, and I made 100 loaves of bread and stuck them in the freezer and went to bed. And for almost three and a half months, I basically had to crawl to the bathroom. I couldn't even go downstairs to watch my children. I was so sick, I couldn't hardly lift my head off of the bed. And I thought I was literally going to die. And I laid there counting the knot holes in the tongue and groove on the ceiling in my bedroom and how many places the wood was cut. And I remember thinking that I only had maybe two weeks left if I was lucky because I was just getting worse and worse and worse and so weak that I couldn't function. And I remember at one point, 
kind of a funny story now, but at the time it wasn't too funny. I was so weak, I couldn't even get any of the kids' attention to tell them I felt like I was going to go comatose. And I had uh, really bad hypoglycemia. And so one of the kids finally went by the bedroom and I got their attention. They went and got their dad and he comes in and he's greasing a uh, bearing for the tractor or something. So he's got this blue grease all over his hands. And I told him, you know, in a very weak voice, I couldn't hardly even talk that I was about ready to go out. And so he had one of the children go down and grab an olive a green olive because of the salt and the different electrolytes that are in that. He knew that that was something that would trigger me quite quickly. And what he didn't think about was the size. It was one of the great big ones. And I couldn't even open my mouth to put it in there. And he had one of the kids poke that in my mouth. And so I'm laying there. I can't talk. I can't hardly function. And I'm afraid that I'm going to choke to death on it because I can't chew it because I have no strength left, absolutely none. And when he finally realized what was going on, of course, they helped me with it, but I just remember being so bad. And I had learned this uh, um, mantra, I guess you could call it. And I laid there and I said, thank you, God, for this experience. Please bless it for my highest good. I love you. Please help me. And sometimes it would be hours before I would think of it, but I got to the place where I just kept running that into my mind, running it, running it, running it. And I remember feeling this uh, energy surge through my body where it's almost like somebody plugged me into an electrical current. And at that point, I knew that I was going to live, but up to that point, I thought I was dying. And at that point, different things started to come into my life that I didn't understand at that time because I was too sick to understand. But I got a little bit better, a little bit better. I had a woman doing radionics helping me, and I started doing some liquid enzymes and some probiotics and different things. And I got to where I could actually sit up in the bed. I started to crochet, and that was really hard work for me to pick up a crochet hook and crochet. And I remember one of the Amish people said that there was a meeting that they thought we should go to, that this guy was doing health products, and they were just sure that it would help me. Well, I was afraid to go outside because my immune system was so bad that just stepping out into the air, I would get sick. But I decided to brave the storm, and we went to this meeting, but we stopped to eat before we went, and of course, by the time I got there, I was really sick. And I am a very strong-minded woman, stubborn would be a good word for it. And I walked up to the speaker and I said, I would like to know what you know, because I understand most of this. And he just kind of smiled at me. And so when he got up to do the seminar, he spoke to me. And he described to me how I felt, what was going on in my body, and how it was basically shutting down because of the lack of enzymes and nutrition in my system. And I heard what he had to say, and what he told us, most people would not believe in a million years, but he recommended high doses of enzymes and probiotics. And the story that he told 
that got my attention, and most people know this person, Bernard Jensen, very well-renowned. He had more Nobel Prize awards from other countries in his studies in nutrition. Well, he got prostate cancer. And if you know anything about prostate cancer, if your numbers are over seven, the doctor gets excited. Well, Bernard's were over 1,600. And he had lost so much weight, and they actually had dropped him in the hospital, so he damaged his hip, too. But his cancer had metastasized throughout his whole body, and he was down to, like, 73 pounds. And the doctor that was his caregiver actually left town that weekend because he knew he couldn't do anything for him. But he was so cold that they had the temperature in the room turned up so hot that nobody could stand to be in there except for his wife. And they tell the story about how they asked Michael to come see him. And when he got there, Bernard seen him and he just started shaking his head no. They had him on so much morphine for the pain that he was not really able to communicate, so they stopped giving it to him. And Michael tried to talk to him, and he just said, I don't, I just want to die. I just want to die. And Michael's like, who's better than to teach the people that a great, great can show them that it can be done? And they finally agreed. And this gentleman that I learned from that was my mentor was giving him anywhere from 200 to 250 capsules of enzymes a day, except for they were dumping them out of the capsules and putting them in a smoothie and feeding it to him. And in eight weeks and one day, he was diagnosed clean of the cancer. Well, the story got really exciting for me because he still had a hard time. He still had to gain his weight back. You know, he wasn't running around being Superman. But six months later, he was in a car accident in the Beverly Hills area, he was with Gavin McLeod, who was from the Love Boat, and they were rear-ended in his uh, Cadillac or limousine or whatever it was, and Bernard Jensen broke his spine. And his spinal cord was severed, and they said he was going to be paralyzed the rest of his life. And so he got back on the same protocol that Michael had put him on with the enzymes and the probiotics, but it didn't, it didn't heal him. And so at that time, Michael had a protein product that he shared, and Bernard Jensen got on that. And I have cousins that will tell you that they seen him the next seminar that he did where he actually got up and put a for sale sign on his wheelchair and walked across the stage in front of 10,000 people. Well, I heard that story, and I didn't do that many enzymes, but I was doing anywhere from 75 to 100, and I turned into the guacamole queen. I had more crud coming out of my system than you would ever believe, and but I could go without eating. I could uh, just do my nutrition and drink and stuff. I didn't have the hypoglycemia hitting me. At that time, I was chemically sensitive. I couldn't stand to be around EMFs. I couldn't handle perfumes. 
I was allergic to everything. And within four weeks, I went from this dead, tired, wore-out body to looking like I was 22 again. And I lost four dress sizes. My life came back. And one of the funny stories that I like to tell is it was just a month maybe later, we were going to go do uh, nutritional seminars with this gentleman, you know, so I could tell my story. And we were going to town to wash the truck. And this couple that was our neighbor pulled into the parking lot. And she started to slap her husband. And I walked over and I'm like, what is going on? And she said, we passed you. And my husband said, it looks like Danny has a new girlfriend. Because that's not Judy. And she was slapping him. She goes, I told you it was her. And he says, I do not know what you're doing, but whatever you're on, he says, I'm going to Mexico for two weeks. Can you put my wife on it so she looks like you when I get back? And uh, it changed my life. I understood a lot about nutrition. I was able to reverse certain things. But at that point in my life, I learned the value of the enzymes and the probiotics and the correct proteins in the body because you cannot walk or talk or function on any level without any of that. And then I started to get into other things and learning more. And so when I came onto the call, this woman was talking about our toxic society. Well, one of the products that I wanted to speak to you about after the enzymes and the probiotics is charcoal. And I don't know how many of you are familiar with the power of charcoal, but charcoal actually will pull up to 3,000 toxins out of the body. It actually adheres to it, so it comes out of the bowel. You don't have to process it. And I learned its value as a product that was really good for uh, food poison. I worked for a gentleman that was a truck driver, and he would get food poison all the time, and he used charcoal. And uh, my partner at this time is a truck driver, and he's also learned the value of charcoal when it comes to food poison because he can't taste or smell, so he doesn't know if the food's bad, and he gets a lot. But charcoal is very important, and they've actually done studies on it. There's different ways to get it, but... I recommend the activated charcoal. And if you want to get into a deeper level of that type of stuff, you can look at the C60, which is another version of it that they've actually proven to reverse aging and different illnesses in the body. But what happens with the charcoal is that when they activate it, they get it to such a high heat that it makes it more porous. And all these toxins will actually absorb into that, and they go out the bowel. Well, the cool thing about it is that it is actually has, like, a negative ion expression. And I learned about positive ions and negative ions when I learned about the enzymes. The, a positive ion is poison, P-O-S-I-O-N. It's poison. That's what positive ion means, is poison. And the way to neutralize a positive charge is with a negative charge. So the reason that the charcoal works so good for food poison is because of the negative ion aspect to it. 
and there's other negative ions, but I've actually learned through my experience with the negative ion products that I use that I can get rid of uh, brown recluse white damages. Uh, you can actually use for poisoning. My son had an accident where he was goofing off at about 17 and tipped his truck over in the canal. Well, we got it out and he had put it into the garage and was draining everything out of it to make sure he hadn't lost his engine. And when he went to take one of the spark plugs off, something happened where the oil shot into his mouth and it seized his throat shut. And he came into the house and he couldn't hardly even talk to me to tell me what was wrong. He was just pointing at his throat. And I immediately handed him a piece of uh, garlic toast that I just sliced some fresh garlic on. And he tried to eat that to get it out of his throat. I gave him some Mega H. I gave him some organic sulfur. And I believe I had him drink some Miracle 2 Neutralizer, which all three of those are negative ions, which will cancel out poisoning. And I was able to save my son's life because he couldn't breathe and he wouldn't have had time to even drive to the hospital because the closest one was 15 miles away. And he was already getting out of air. He lost his voice and couldn't talk for three weeks, but he could breathe. <laughs> because of the quick thinking of using negative ion to cancel the poisoning that was happening in his system. There's so many little things that I suggest having in your house. I actually use charcoal almost on a nightly basis because I my brain releases a lot of cortisol. I've been in situations where I actually developed some severe PTSD and have been able to overcome that by using certain techniques of emotional healing and to help absorb the cortisol that my brain kicks out. I'll either use holy basil or charcoal, but if I'll take four of them before I go to bed at night, my brain will shut off and I can go to sleep. Because it helps Judy, can I ask... A quick question. Yes. This is Judy. Carol. This is Caroline. This is Caroline Ryan. I'm one of the commentators. Uh, do you use activated charcoal? And yes. Is there it has to be activated charcoal. Activated. Okay. And is there a particular brand you recommend? I don't recommend a particular brand, but I recommend that you make sure it's from coconut husk or. Um, white willow or something like that. You don't want to get an activated charcoal that's made from a petroleum product. So read your label. Oh, wow. All right. So, All right. Uh, coconut husk or what, Judy? Um, white willow. Some type white of a natural, natural product, not something that's from coal or petroleum products or anything like that because some of them are. But right. charcoal wow. is accessible even a lot of times in your grocery store in their, you know, vitamin section. It's not hard to buy. I've yeah. tried many different uh, brands because I get what, you know, available. It's not expensive. It's something that I recommend everybody has in their house. 
because of the way that it works. The next product that I use that I totally love that most women that are on this call or men that bake probably have on their shelf, and that's Crema Tartar. And most people don't know what Crema Tartar is, but it is the purest form of potassium that you can get. It's made from the pith off of grapes, and grapes are high in potassium. So if you're going through a emotional crisis where you can't quit crying, where you feel like you're starting to be sick, your sodium potassium pump is out of balance. Some people need salt. I recommend Himalayan. Some people need the potassium. If you're having heart pains, uh, muscle spasms, cramps, um, retaining fluid, any of those kind of things, cream of tartar is powerful. And I could tell you story after story after story, but my favorite one is my 13-year-old niece's daughter was in a car accident where she broke her femur and her arm. And they put her on oxycodone for the pain. And she was hormonal and she was just mean. And she was in our home and my husband was trying to communicate with her and she just kept saying some really awful things and crying and just being very mean. And I gave him a glass with some in it. I just take like a half a teaspoon, depending on the situation, and put it in a cup of water and drink it. Well, he didn't give it to her. He just sat it down on the counter because when he offered it to her, she said no. She wanted to keep up with the verbal slander and be mean. And he finally came out and he goes, it's your turn. And I walked in there. She was crying and sniveling and, and whinging, I think is a good word for it. And I said, did you drink that yet? And she said, no. And I said, you will do it, and you'll do it now. And she picked it up, and she drank it. And within 15 to 30 seconds, that whole emotional drama was gone. I've used it in panic attacks. I've used it for depression. It's amazing for depression. It is the fastest, quick, emotional recharge that a person can do for their sodium potassium pump to get their body back into balance. Judy, how much did you say to put in there? This is Tara. I said I usually use like a fourth of a teaspoon to a half a teaspoon. The gentleman that taught me this technique told me that you can do up to 10 teaspoons a day in severe situations. I have never had to do more than maybe a half a teaspoon. And it will stop anything. Judy, I'm going to interrupt you also uh, just one second because I've used it and your recommendation, and thank you very much. It's wonderful when you feel like your brain is scattered or you're not functioning or brain fog, anything like that, where you feel like, you know, things are just kind of off, but you don't know what's going on. A pinch of cream of tartar in water, and you'll be amazed at the difference that it makes. And yes, that's and compliments of Judy again. <laughs> One of the things that I learned, and this goes back to what I was listening to when I came on the call, is most people don't realize that when it rains or it snows or we have a weather change in the pattern, it drops all of the... Um, 
petrochemicals and the garbage out of the air, and that cancels the potassium out in your body, and your brain will not function without it. So my uh, significant other at this time knows that if it starts to rain, if he doesn't take his cream of tartar, by the time he goes to bed that night, he'll have leg cramps or Charlie horses or all kinds of different uh, situations in his body where he starts retaining water, has more pain. So he's trained that if he's in a situation like that, he just takes the cream of tartar before he gets there. And there's times that he forgets, but it keeps his pain level lower. It keeps the fluid off of his system. The one thing that I will say is you can't do it all the time. It's an emergency fix. I recommend getting it out of your food, and I'll name a couple other things tonight if I get a chance that will help you keep the potassium up in your system. And most people reach for bananas. I absolutely say don't touch them. I don't really even care if they're organic. They are raised in such a horrible way that they contain a lot of molds and a lot of toxins and a lot of things that will hurt your body. And if I get a chance, I'll tell my Lori story. But uh, I recommend other forms of things for that. And any of your pinot beans, uh, one of the foods that's like the highest in that is chili con carne. Your Himalayan salt has a lot of potassium. Blackstrap molasses has a lot of potassium. There's ways to get potassium in your system, but in emergency situations, the cream of tartar is a godsend. But if you use it hard and heavy long-term, it actually can be kind of corrosive on the kidneys and actually make your kidneys hurt. So we don't want to push it to that point, but it's an emergency kit in your cupboard. And the other thing that I learned about it the other day, because I love to cook, I don't like baking powder. I don't like the way it tastes in my mouth. It gives me chest pain. I found that you can make your own baking powder with cream of tartar and baking soda. So when I do my sourdough pancakes and stuff now, I will throw a little cream of tartar in there and my baking soda. So I just put my potassium in my diet, and I'm happy with no reaction. <laughs> wow. Um, Judy, Judy, maybe you, uh, you talked about uh, <clears throat> mentioned avocados. Um, I had used those all my life for most of my adult life. And about two years ago, um, I had a really bad reaction when I ate a lot of avocado one day. And I have not touched them since. I just can't. Uh, every time I test, I'm told no. Yeah, avocado is actually a really, really good food for getting your oils and different nutrition, but I've had the same problem. And the problem is is uh, how they grow them and the fact that they are picked so green that they're not effective. And I believe it's a lot like the bananas, the way they're packaged, the way they're gassed, the way they're treated, that our bodies are just not designed to break that down. I love avocados, and if I went to California and was able to pick one off of a tree in my yard, I'd be in piggy heaven, but okay. the ones at the store I don't like. 
Well, that's yeah. it was strange that I've used them before, but all of a sudden here, I I mean, I I thought yeah, they've got I wasn't sure I was going to make it. I mean, it was yeah. that bad. And uh, yep. I haven't touched one since. <laughs> Marita wow. Robert and Judy, I think it's because they're doubling down on bad things that they're doing to them. That's what your body's saying. Well, and it's, they're green. Um, they store them. You know, they package them. A lot of them come out of Mexico. And there was one thing I learned at uh, one point. that, Like anything that comes in on the ships, it doesn't matter how they're raised. They are still decontaminated. They, like, spray them with all kinds of stuff to make sure there's no bugs that have traveled across with them, you know, to protect us from getting certain diseases and stuff. But that's on them. And it's like I remember, I have to tell my Lori story, and I, I'm sure she's listening. And I hope that when we open it up, she can come in and comment. But I met Lori many years ago when I was working out in Wisconsin. And Lori would have these pre-seizure syndrome uh, jerks where her body would just spasm. And she had been to doctors, she'd been to naturopaths, she'd been to anybody and everybody that she could find that might possibly be able to help her. They ran an organic dairy, and it was really sad because we have to laugh. Uh, I just totally love her husband, Jim, and his patients with her, but he would come in at night to give her a kiss goodbye, and he'd have to hold her head down on the bed so he could reach down and kiss her because she might have a spasm and kind of up and hit him in the face, you know. <laughs> well, she had done this for years, and so I talked her into coming to see me, and I do biofeedback, I do hands-on, I do nutrition, I do a lot of things. And she came in to see me. I worked on her every day for, I believe it was five days, and I balanced her nerve pathways and her uh, trigeminal point. And the spasms quit. And she was good for a while, and they came back. Well, I ended up coming back to Montana. And bless Jim. I could always tell when something was wrong. And finally, he called me, and I'm like, I've been sending you messages wanting to know what's wrong. And he said, well, it's Lori. And he said, she can't walk. Her feet are swollen. And he was like, can you help me? And so, of course, I gave him some suggestions. And one of them was to elevate him, you know, to help the fluid move, the crematarder, different things. And he says, well, she can't. And I'm like, why? And he says, because she can't breathe. And I'm like, Jim. <laughs> he goes, I'll have her call you. He had to go milk cows. And she called me up. She could hardly finish a word, let alone a sentence, because she was breathing anywhere from, like, 60 to 85 breaths a minute because she wasn't getting any air. And her chiropractor had convinced her to go in and go to the emergency room because she had a fever. And so... He's telling me, or she's telling me what's going on, and my brain's going, something's not right here, of course. Well, then she sends me a message, and she says, don't worry about it. They said I have pneumonia. And they put me on pills for four days, and I'll be okay. 
And I sent Jim a message. I said, I'm on my way unless you tell me different. And he calls me up and he goes, why? He says, they said it's just pneumonia. And I says, pneumonia doesn't start in your feet. And I drove out to Wisconsin, and by the time I got there, he was carrying her everywhere she was going. She couldn't eat a fourth of a cup of applesauce in four hours because she couldn't breathe. And long story short, we ended up having to put her in the ICU two different times. And it took him not long to figure out that the fluid wasn't in her lungs, it was under her lungs, and that she had systemic lupus and they wanted to put her on medication she had blood clots she was a, a real wreck and I have pictures of her and she she wants me to delete them but I took a picture of her on her birthday in the ICU and she looks like she's at least 90 years old they put her on medication I said don't worry about it we'll get her off I think it was six or seven weeks we had her off all of the medication we were doing supportive IV, and I was telling Marita this story because we were talking about the blood-brain barrier. I actually found a doctor that would do supportive IVs, and I wanted an um, MRI of what was going on in her brain. And so we got that, and she had 24 lesions, which they said was indicative of MS, but the doctor said she had lupus, which I didn't care and intuitively, I worked with this woman. I took care of her. We moved her out of the house that she was in. But her favorite food and the only things that she could find that she could eat was popcorn and bananas, which she was buying bagged popcorn. And both of those are extremely high in mold, funguses, and other things. We took her in and we had some live blood cells done on her and her blood was so thick that it couldn't flow and you could see the mold and the nastiness and the crud gluing it together. And it wasn't until Lori seen that that she realized how big of a problem that she had. And that woman pulled up her big girl panties and she went to battle with me and between me and her husband, we got her turned around. Lori dressed, went from a size 12 to a size 4. She's back being superwoman. Her spasms are gone 99% of the time. Every once in a while, she'll get them back. She'll call me up, and we'll talk about it, figure it out, and she'll start doing something that she's either forgotten or got off of or whatever, and usually they're gone overnight. Oh. Wow. So, but and bananas how are not a good food. Blood brain barrier. <laughs> Judy, what did you do to get rid of the mold? Well, the first thing I did is I took her off of all processed foods. That's a good her, idea. <laughs> I took her off yeah. of all sugars, which she hated. I mean, it was too funny when we talked to her at the hospital. She said, I was a good girl. She said, I ate my bacon and my sausage, and I just rolled my eyes and went, oh, my gosh. I took her off of meat <laughs> because meat yeah. is acidic. I'm not saying you can't have meat, yeah. but she couldn't have meat at that time. And I fed her steamed vegetables. We did all kinds of foods that was still giving her her proteins and her vitamins and the things that she needed. 
I started giving her kimchi and sauerkraut and kombucha things that I was making or getting locally. Uh, we would go out in the yard and I would pick yarrow and clover and plantain, alfalfa, whatever was, you know, growing in the yard. And we would make her what we called yard tea. <laughs> and we turned the woman around. And Vinayak has seen her. He's seen the pictures of the before. He was there for part of the after. And one of the other things I want to talk about is D3. And I had her on D3. And I was able to get through the blood-brain barrier with the D3 and the enzymes and the nutrition. And we cleaned her system up. We actually, I actually have a video of her blood still live on the screen where we were trying out a new uh, device that would increase your oxygen level 200% in nine minutes. We took a blood sample out. We hooked her up to the machine and put her on it. And in less than five minutes, her blood cells started to separate and get uh, energy form around them. They were turning into a uterine-shaped form to give birth to the mold that was in them. They actually turn, they almost look like a uterus, and they actually give birth to that mold. And then the white blood cells come in and clean it up. And I can't tell you how impressed I was, but I watched that woman go from having 24 hours left to turning around and living and having a life. And she looks pretty doggone good. Her hair was falling out. She'd go into the bathroom and she'd stand there and just touch her hair and throw it in the toilet. It was coming out in a handful. Six months later, I brought her out here uh -huh. to Montana to get her teeth out to help with her healing. And I gave her a haircut, and she was just like a shaggy poodle. There was a bigger pile of hair on the floor than what she had on her head when this first hit her. She had the thickest hair you ever did see. But that's because we gave her body what it was asking for. We gave her the nutrition that her body was asking for. Your body has the ability to heal if you will give it what it asks for. Judy, we see a lot of... Uh um, people that have surgeries, they say that the anesthetic causes the hair to fall out afterwards. What would uh, what would be the cause of that, and what would be the remedy? <laughs> All right, we're getting off of my subject, but I will go there with you. The thing is, is it's toxic, okay? Even though it's helpful and it's necessary at the time, it, like, gets the nerves. And so then you've got to go back in and do things to stimulate those nerves to turn them back on. There's many ways to do that. And, of course, I recommend charcoal because it's going to start pulling those toxins out of the system. And if you start to do the nutritional things where you go back in and you start feeding the body what it's asking for, and that will bring me to this subject is the oils. I don't know if you guys realize how important D3 and good oils are in the diet. But if you go in and you look at the statistics over time that when we went into this uh, fat-free phase and, you know, had to be skinny, we started having more brain problems, more ADD, more cancer, more everything. And it's because we're not getting the fats and the oils that we need in our body. And it's like enzymes are the, the basis, but if you don't have the oils, 
that's what sends the electrical signal that picks up from the enzyme spin in the system. And so, so maybe you should tell people what the good oils are because there's so much uh, incorrect or not helpful information out there. Well, and there's the battle of yeah. the saturated and the unsaturated and blah, blah, blah. But I, I use olive oil. I use avocado oil. I use coconut oil. And sometimes I use sesame. But my favorite thing for that, I mean, that's the things that I cook with. But sesame oil, if you have dry skin or a skin condition or you're in a situation, I learned this one, working for a truck driver, they have to shower in uh, public showers. But if you, when you're done with your shower, before you dry yourself off, take and put like a tisp of... Uh, sesame oil in your hand and rub it all over your body while you're wet. And you may have to do more. I put it on my face. I rub it all over my body. But what I learned is it raises your frequency and also kills molds and fungus and different stuff like that. So as long as I was putting that on my feet, I never had to worry about picking up athlete's foot out of the showers. And it's one of the best ways to soften and condition your skin without using all of these chemical lotions and stuff like that. The other stuff I like, the Miracle 2 lotions, because they don't have a lot of crap in them either. But there's just so many little things that you can use that don't cost a lot. They don't have all of those toxic side effects. Uh, when it comes to other fats in your diet, we talked about avocados. That's a good fat if you can find a good avocado. You can actually find one that's tree ripe, you know, or sold in their season instead of boxed up and stuck in a storage unit. And you can actually pick them up and your body will tell you. I totally believe in listening to our body. But eat the fat on your steak. You know, eat the natural fat. Use butter. Um, Dr. Gundry said olive oil was made for food. And when I started learning his information, I started pouring it on my food besides my pasta. I had to start out with a little bit, but it helps get the cholesterol and the garbage out of your bloodstream. And it actually makes your blood veins like Teflon. None of that stuff will stick to it. It's very healing. It does amazing things for the body. I used to fry with it till I learned that makes it rancid, and I don't do that. I use avocado and coconut when I fry things for lard. And it's like, that just sounds like you're fat as soon as you say it. But that is one of the most healthy things that you can use for your body. If you like sardines. The fats in them are really good. I personally have a problem with all of the chemicals and garbage in the water, but on a nutritional scale, it's got very good assumable proteins and oils. They're very important, and that's one of the things. If I'm working with somebody who has cancer, the first thing I will do, because I've done it to myself, I worked with Lori, I'm a consultant, and I suggested it's their choice whether or not they'll use it, but for like me, if I know I'm getting sick, which I was telling you about the cream of tartar and the salt, I will also do anywhere from, and you guys are going to freak out, but I will do anywhere from 50,000 
to 125,000 units of D3 with at least 12 to 16,000 units of vitamin C, and it is done. It's gone. It is bamboo because of what I just introduced back into my system. Our bodies what, will what, hit. What did you get rid of, Judy, with that quotient? If I'm starting to get the flu or a cold or some kind of illness is coming on, that'll stop it dead in its track if you catch it fast enough. Wow. Judy, when I, I was been, working, been, when I was, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, Judy, that I've been hearing that you can overdose on D3 to get really sick. They'll tell you that, and there's blood tests for that if you want to watch that. The way that we monitored it with Lori is we watched her pH. And this was a trick that I learned from Jerry Brunetti. Some of you may know who he is. That uh, you watch your pH. And you, he was suggesting 50,000 units every other day. And he said, as soon as your pH starts to move up and starts to climb, then you can start backing back down. Well, with all of the things that was going on with Lori, her pH was below six. And once it started to go up and we got a lot of the garbage out of her system and got her bowel working and started getting the oils and the nutrition and everything back in her system and the oxygen to kill all of that, the little pumpkin, she went from like 6.4 to 8, just like that, and scared the heck out of me. And I was like, stop! <laughs> and at that point, she had it checked, and the doctor's report came back said that she didn't need it, you know? And so she actually stopped using it until she started having some of her symptoms again, and then she introduced it slow and was only doing, you know, one or 2,000 or whatever a day instead of the high doses. But that's what we used to bring her back up. But we monitored it by her, her uh, pH. And, of course, like I said, we had the doctors check it too. But that brings up another story. I had her doing D3, and I do not, and this is my own personal opinion, and it became Lori's real quick, too, and I hope she doesn't mind me telling this story, but she can't tell me not to because she can't get on the call. <laughs> she can only listen. But uh, we had her doing the D3, and her uh, menstrual cycle stopped. Um, all of these traumas and things that were going on in her body quit. She had just turned 52, which I didn't have a problem with that stopping. And I had left and was gone for a couple of months, and then I came back with Dr. V. And she came up and she told me, says, I started my cycle again, and she says it's almost like I'm hemorrhaging. She said, uh, and it's like every two weeks, it's bad, you know. And she says, I need help. And so I was sitting in the bathroom and had an epiphany. I seen something to do with her D3. So I called her up and said, bring your box of pills up. And I picked it up and she was using a brand from Costco. And I turned it around and I showed her it was made from soy. I said, you did this to yourself. And I said, if you get off of that, get back on the one that I put you on. That will change, and it took it took a few months, but she was actually able to move back out of it. But soy is detrimental to your hormones. It messes things up. It increases your uh, 
ability to get cancer. It increases your pain levels. If you can find it where it's not genetically mod modified and it's properly fermented and all of that good stuff, I'd say once in a while, but don't do it all the time. Judy, yeah. um, this is uh, Vinayak. I wanted to uh, bring Randy on because he's one of our panel members. Uh, he hasn't spoken yet tonight, and uh, I know he has a question for you. Or oh, okay. So let me tell you something about soy sauce. A lot of the soy sauce manufacturers. Can you speak up ages. a little louder? Andy, we can't yeah. hear you. Okay, is this better? Yeah. Okay, what's happening with soy sauce here in Asia is they're starting to make it from wheat. So this is the understanding that I have about soy sauce. I won't touch it anymore. We ran a health spa for over 10 years dealing with stage 4 cancer. And you're absolutely correct about modifying and keeping the pH. We found that a lot of what they call stage 3 and stage 4 cancer patients were too alkaline. So we had to in induce acid into the system. The quickest way to do that was plain ascorbic acid. What they call vitamin C. But it's not a vitamin. This is where the education is wrong. At the time they discovered what ascorbic acid did to the blood, they had just invented vitamin D. So the scientists wanted to get their names in the book, so they called it vitamin C. Ascorbic acid is actually part of the amino acid family, and you need it. With the pollution levels that are out there now, I recommend to people and find a good supply of ascorbic acid, get a good supply of healthy pharmaceutical-grade baking soda, one teaspoon of vitamin C to a half a teaspoon of baking soda in a glass of warm water, three to four glasses a day, will clean your balls out, they'll clean, your, they'll clean everything else out. And one thing that we did when we were in our spa, we made all our own vegetable soups and we always added a teaspoon or more, even a tablespoon of olive oil to the soup all the time. If yeah, you want to add, important. yes, and sometimes I even if I'm thirsty at night, I'll even take a, a tablespoon of olive oil, put it into a glass of water and drink that. It really helps keep things slippery inside the body. The most thing to understand about vitamin C inside the blood is it pr helps produce collagen. And collagen is needed on the walls of the veins and arteries to make them smooth so nothing sticks and the blood moves. And you can yeah. see in the you can see this in the live blood analysis. When you have rule yeah. like Lori did and the blood's all stuck together, you need to unstick yeah. it to get the that blood we moving. We unstuck her. <laughs> She's doing pretty good. But most and people don't understand that, you know. They just want to put you on Coumadin exactly. or whatever. And yes. we were able to get her off of all of that. And, and the other important thing is, is what they call a rebounder. You need to jump on one of those to get the lymphatic system moving. Your lymphatic system has no pump. Exactly. 
It only moves well, with your blood. And that was one of the exactly. things that I was going to talk about as another simple thing that you can do at home. That's very helpful. And everybody laughs when I talk about it, but I call it PMS. And that stands for pressure massage stroke. And so if you have pain, the reason you have pain is because you have lack of oxygen. And so if you sprain your ankle or your knee or you've got a bruise or whatever it is, a toothache, it doesn't matter. It's a lack of oxygen. And, and the way it's triggering that's another story. But to move the lymphatics will bring the oxygen back into that area. And, yes, the rebounder works and there's some things that I can add to that, but this PMS, what happens, so if you have a spot that hurts, whether it's your shoulder or whatever, if you put pressure on it, and you put the amount of pressure that you can, you know, depending on the amount of pain that you are in, and you hold that there for, you know, a few seconds, and then you do a massage in a circular motion or whatever feels comfortable to you. And then you stroke it like you're brushing the breadcrumbs off of your lap. It's pressure massage stroke. And so what happens is when you put the pressure on it, you stop the limp from moving, the blood, everything. And it, like, creates a dam. But at the same time, then you do the massage, and that kind of helps break that up a little bit. And then as you stroke it, you're energetically moving it through, and you're getting the lymphatics to move. And you're getting rid of that blockage in the, you know, bloodstream or whatever is creating that issue. And your pain goes away. And I've seen people that have, you know, tore their ACL or whatever, just do this technique every 15 minutes or on a sprained ankle or whatever. And it's amazing how fast you will heal because you're forcing the lymphatics to go through. And I had told you the story about having to go out in the woods and pick, you know, the bark off of the aspen tree to create a formula for my daughter. Well, I learned more after that about moving the lymphatic. And Jim and Lori have a neighbor that they had two children that just kept getting sick and they had really super high fevers and wanted to know what to do. So I texted the mom and I said, since your child is two small and sick and can't do this, I said, run up and down the stairs with him, dance with him, you know, get his body moving, get the lymphatics moving in his body. And the next thing you want to do is get his bowels working. And she told me, she texted me, she goes, he had the nastiest bowel movement in the night. And she said his fever was gone. And they had been fighting it for weeks. One would get it, and then the other one would get it. And they just kept going back and forth and back and forth. As a mother, I I know other things about that, just to the fact that I knew if my kids ate peanut butter, which we now know is terrible, but at that time it wasn't, you know, poo-pooed as much as it is now, but they couldn't break it down, so the body had to create a fever to break it down. Meat will do the same thing. Hot dogs, things that kids like are absolutely worse. It will actually create a fever in the body. So there's a lot of little simple things. I learned from Dr. West, which I I don't know what's on the Internet for him anymore, but he used the rebounder. And one of my favorite stories that I learned from him was he had this woman that was 65 years old, 
or somewhere in that age bracket that had had polio as a child. Uh, she was from Russia or someplace. And so one leg was shorter than the other, and she was always in pain her whole life. And he told her to bounce on the trampoline, and as she did that, to think of the right hip, right hip, right hip, right hip, you know, the one that was hurting. And she did that every day, and I don't remember the length of time. It was probably weeks or months. But at her age, being 60-some, she was actually able to overcome, and her leg went to the right length, and she was actually able to heal because what she was doing was moving the lymphatics and getting the energy to flow back through by jumping on the trampoline. And I worked with people that had, like, shoulder pain or knee pain, and as they were bouncing gently on the trample, the rebounder to touch that spot and just think, you know, right knee, right knee, left knee, whatever it is. We are so powerful that it actually worked. And one of the things, and I'll teach this to you tonight, he said one of the things that will move the lymphatic system faster than anything is to be scared. He says if you go... <gasps> You know, like a mouse ran out in front of you or your child just fell and hit his head or whatever. That <gasps> action right there will move your lymphatic really fast. So if you feel like you're getting sick or something's out of balance or it's not working, do that. You know, you might look silly. That's okay. <laughs> but he said when they were measuring it on some kind of a monitor where they could actually see it, he says that moves the lymphatics in your system faster than anything. And it's just little simple things like that. Um, using basic nutrition, basic ideas, basic functions that can help you in ways that are absolutely, uh, it's hard to express until you've actually been there. Um, but our bodies can heal, and it isn't hard. It's, the hardest part is getting past our mental blockage that we can. And that's the sad part of it. It's, um, we've been taught for so long that we have to do this or we have to do it this way or we got to do this or we got to do that. And it's like, that's not true. You can actually make up your mind and actually do it without anything. I believe the doctor's name was Dr. Neville. Um, he does yes. the genome type stuff. And they... I'd heard the story where he had a, a, a client. He was a young man that had uh, a little child, I believe, and maybe a baby on the way. I'm, I'm sure I'm not getting the story exactly right. I heard it on a uh, Bruce Lipton CD. But this gentleman had been diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer, and they only gave him like a month to live. And so these guys came in, and they sat down with him, and they said, we want you to see yourself every day out doing your favorite thing, swimming, hiking, skiing, whatever it is, every day. He says, and I want you to talk in the present tense like this has already happened. And he said, you have conversations with your wife that will help you, you know, work into this mode. And he said, I want you to hear that doctor tell you when you come back in, it's a miracle, you're healed. You know, and there was a few other things that went along with this. Um, I'm not sure if it was in Bruce Lipton's spontaneous evolution, uh, 
CD which one it was on, but when this gentleman went back into the doctor, he was completely clean. And I think you probably all heard the stories where this, they did this with the test, the meter on this girl that had, I believe it was a breast tumor, and these three elders stood around her and chanted in their language, never was there, and they watched it go away in like less than 15 minutes. So we can heal. We have the ability to do it. Our bodies know how. If you talk to it correctly or give it what it's asking for, you have the ability to reverse anything. And I can say that I, I agree with that. I turned myself around in many situations. I watched Lori, Lori Hill. It was difficult. Every day was a new day. Um, something would come up and we'd intuitively have a, a session and talk about what I was feeling or what they were feeling and then would give them the choices and they made the decisions. But uh, she turned around and she's doing really well. I have Judy? before and after pictures and that's amazing. Uh, Judy, we are past the hour here. Um, <laughs> we don't we don't have a limitation uh, as far as uh, we can go another. Uh, another hour, but I <clears throat> don't want to infringe upon your time. I know that everybody is interested. Uh, we can continue here for a little bit, or we can have you come back uh, another time. And the other thing, uh, since you work as a consultant, uh, uh, maybe talk about how people can reach you and uh, how you um, how they compensate you for your time and your knowledge and um, Whatever else, however else uh, you would like to share for people to get in touch with you if they would choose to do that. All right, I can do that. And I, spe I set up a special email tonight just because of this call. Um, it's uh, asknanaplease at gmail.com. So A-S-K-N-A-N-A-please at gmail.com. And if you will send me an email... I will uh, reply, and in that reply, I will send you a conference call number. Uh, I will do a call in the morning at 10 o'clock uh, Mountain and another one Saturday at 10 o'clock Mountain, where if you send me the email, I'll give you the number, and you can call in, and I can explain more to you at this time. I don't have a payment system set up. I just do it out of trust that you'll send me a money order or a check or something, but I can, you know, go through Venom or PayPal at some point. I'm just not set up to do that. But I do do consultations. Um, I actually do hands-on and physical stuff, and I am known to travel if people are in a situation where they, you know, need me to come to them. If it's not ridiculous, I will figure out how to do that. Right, Vinayak? <laughs> it's like we. Okay, uh, so why don't you give the give yeah, the I, uh, I think it's uh, email Nana. one more time just to make sure everybody got it. Okay, it's asknana please at gmail dot com. A S K N A N A P L E A S E at gmail dot com. Send me an email, and I'll reply to you and give you the conference call 
number and the code number, and I will get on in the morning, and we can carry this on farther. And I would love to come back. I hardly even touched my notes. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I felt like it was really important. Yeah, you have to come back. <laughs> Let people know. I have a lot of questions, and I know other can. people do as well. And I don't know if um, they want to open up the call and let Jim and Lori pop in and say hello and, and uh, maybe share a little bit of their story. But Nyack was there for part of it. And well, it's just if amazing people want to call in and ask a question, they can dial 888-429-5471, 888-429-5471. Another number they can call is 232-744-4841, 232-744-4841. So those are two numbers that you can call in. And remember, uh, Nike or somebody needs, since I don't have the um, panel to see when we get a call, uh, somebody else will need to communicate that to us. Uh, Judy, this is Tara again. Um, you said so many things. <laughs> and, 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 and we can, everybody can, uh, give it a couple of days first, but then after that, Everything that was said on here is archived at bbsradio.com. And then you, uh, you, 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 uh, it's on station two, but, um, you go, you know, you look for Stargate Roundtable, which is what the name of this particular radio program is called. And, uh, so then you can scroll down, say you, you need some help on Sunday. You can just scroll down and, you can find this date, which is the 5th of this lovely December month of 2019, and you can go back and refer to stuff like that. Uh, in terms of you doing stuff and answering questions and uh, going over it, and if there's an emergency or something, it, uh, and you're not quite sure which is what and what is when and how what to do with the situation, I just wondered how how can we... I mean, you're just an encyclopedia of experience. That's the best teacher anyway. I just wondered if there's that's, anything. That's how I we have Lori on line three. Thanks, okay, Don. Lori, speak Hello. up. And <laughs> Yes, this is the Lori from the Lori story. I can <laughs> okay. attest to all that Judy said. I'm feeling great right now. And yes, I would like her to delete those pictures. <laughs> not no no way, Lori. No way. It's not gonna happen. Greetings, not Lori. <laughs> I not have maintained my thin size. I currently do a workout schedule. Um I do weights and running and jogging on my trampoline. And I've been feeling great. Wow. That's awesome. She was. She would have not lived probably 24 to 48 hours. And I drove all the way from Wisconsin or Montana to Wisconsin and uh, jostled her a little bit. And it wasn't easy, but once we got her started and she seen the importance and realized that she could get well, she buckled right in and 
she didn't sit around and wait for people to wait on her. If she could get up and do it, she would. And it's like when this first started, she couldn't walk. So Jim would pick her up and take her into the bathroom and do different things with her while he would go to the appointments with us if he could, and he would just carry her to the wheelchair or whatever. Well, one day he couldn't go, and she was doing a little better. She could get around somewhat with a walker or a crutch or a cane, and uh, I parked her by the door and helped her get out, and she stood there and waited for me to go park and, and come get her, and the place that we were taking her was on the second floor, so we had to walk to the elevator and go up and she hadn't walked anywhere except for just a little bit to maybe the bathroom and I was like you can do it I don't model coddle anybody it's like get up and go you know and I asked her if she was doing all right and she says I am she says but I know if for some reason I can't make it you'll just throw me over your shoulder and carry me in (laughs) but she made it and she walked back out, and she would get up and go in and brush her teeth every night and go to the bathroom by herself. And little little personal story, Lori hated bugs. And so if she seen a fly or a bug crawling across the floor, she would get out of the chair, and she would take her cane, and she would waddle over there, and she'd squash it. <laughs> you know? She, yes, that is true. She didn't wait to get waited on. She got up and and put forward a huge effort. She couldn't sleep in a bed for a very long time. We were fortunate to find a very comfortable recliner at the second-hand store for $40 that we brought home that she just uh, disappeared in because it was so huge, and that's what she slept in until we got her lungs working well enough and got inflammation and the toxicity changed in her system that she could actually lay on a bed but we had to uh, move her out of her home into a second home they had on the farm where I was staying and Jim had to tear out all the carpets and go through the house and get rid of the dust the house dust the toxins out of the rug and stuff before she could come back in, and we ran ozone and all kinds of stuff in there so that she could actually move back into her home, and that's where she's at now. Lori, what would you like to share with our listening audience and the panel? Is that what she's telling you does work? Because I'm living proof. Yeah, we, we know that. Enzymes. We're very happy for you. Add the fruits and vegetables for a good three months. I... Eliminated a lot of stuff. Um, I watch what I eat now still. I try. Yes, I know. We're having an echo effect here. Yeah, we can hear a conversation in the background wherever you are. But we can't tell what Jim's saying to you. (laughs) He said they have a question for you. And I'm answering the question. Yeah. (laughs) Well, much love to you and and Jim, and uh, congratulations on your success and taking responsibility for your health. That's what it's all about. Yeah, we couldn't have done any of it if she didn't want to get well. Correct. Absolutely. We didn't just do the food and the nutrition. We did emotional work. 
when we finally got her help up to a place where she could handle it, we got the bad teeth out of her mouth because those feed so many problems. But one of the other words that we haven't used in this conversation is Lori also had Lyme, and we were able to uh, pull her out of that. And that's a big word to a lot of people that uh, it ensues here, but I've been dealing with it since I was in 1992, and I keep it under control, and very rarely does it uh, control me. It is something, you know, that we can have another discussion about, another call, but there is hope out there for you no matter what you're dealing with. So know that you can get well. Um, there's so many simple, basic things that you can do on a daily basis. And one of the biggest things is be happy. That's a choice. And if you have a problem with being happy, add more D3 and charcoal and uh, what else was I going to say to your life? Anyway, you know, bring some sunshine in. Change the way you think. Remember my uh, little mantras. Thank you, God, for this experience. Please bless it for my highest good. I love you. Please help me. Thank you. The Something I'd like to add. The ones that are heard. Something I'd like to add, Judy, is this. You are what you think. And what is a thought? It's a vibration of your mental self behind which lies who you really are. And that's soul. Change your blood and you'll change your consciousness. Change your consciousness, and you'll change your blood. Our blood holds elements, the vital imprint of who we are. And one thing that we told so many people was change your word, change your thoughts to whatever dis-ease you have. Love it. Tell all the bugs and parasites and things that are in your body, thank you for the lesson that you've taught me. And now it's time to go. I give you permission to leave with love. And that's the greatest thing you can ever do is you've got to love yourself and many things will change when you do that. Namaste. Well, thank you guys for this opportunity. I loved it and I'd love to come back and... More than happy to help answer questions or whatever you need. So, Judy, did you say you you have a list or something somewhere of basic things that you taught us tonight or anything like that? I had written something down. I mean, I can put it into a uh, email, you know, if people want that from me. And maybe some links and different things just to give you a head start on learning more about it. I've learned everything that I know from first-hand experience with my own body or my children or my friends. Right, Lori? <laughs> so, yes. yes, I can do that. Well, if you a- want to do an email to me, stargatemarita at gmail.com, then I'll send it out to everybody else on the panel. Okay. And then all people that uh, you communicate, the people on the panel that communicate with you, you can maybe... Uh, uh, forward it that way as well. Okay. I very much appreciate that because, I mean, 
you're right in the moment and you're you're right there and you're explaining exactly at that moment and and i've been writing like a banshee too but (laughs) it would be great if you if you if you did that for us i would so appreciate that thank you so much sister you're welcome judy it's really fascinating i mean you are so many of the people that you know are people that i know as well and uh, I'm just looking at on, on my shelf here in the office uh, that we did. We had <clears throat> uh, like a three day workshop and it was called Mastery of Energies and Body Languages. And it was all about the uh, what you uh, when you were talking about Neville. Yeah. This was all about uh, learning to apply those principles. Yeah, I love all of that whole you know, and, and Joe Dispenza is somebody that's currently one of the mm-hmm. uh, hot uh, leaders in the in the world right now, and he's doing a lot of the similar things that that you're talking about as far uh, and many 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 miracles are happening as people change their uh, thinking and change their lives. So, yeah, there's a lot of tools out there, and. Uh... I have a full toolbox to share with people with the things that I've learned and the experiences I've been through and the things that have helped me. And more than happy to share it with you. Well, we will get on the phone and uh, figure out um, a return date for you. Oh, that sounds good. Thank you. So it was great. Nice to be here. Um, thank you for having me. Well, and we're Judy. just very grateful and uh, uh, thank you, Vinayak, for introducing us to this wonderful resource and uh, angelic being. And we'll look forward to seeing all of you uh, on Stargate Roundtable next week. Before everybody goes, I'd like to give out Judy's uh, uh, address again or email. Okay. So everybody has it. And it is ask Nana, please, at gmail.com A-S-K N as in Nancy A N as in Nancy A the word please ask Nana please at gmail.com and just uh, send her an email at that address and she will get back to you. She's very good at responding to emails. I absolutely love the one you created for this show, the Lady Master. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I am a nana. I have seventeen grandchildren and one great grandchild. Um, oh so I thought that's appropriate. <laughs> In fact, I was just uh, at the birth of my number eighteen uh, four weeks ago. Um, one thing I love, I'm a great coach, and it's it's fun. Love my babies. So. All those souls said, I wanted that family now. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he wears a little shirt that says, we asked, he answered. <laughs> oh. Okay, anybody anybody else want to make any comments here before we sign out? Well, we are grateful for your time, your energy, your wisdom, and your love, and we look forward to having you back. We will see all of you on 
uh, Stargate Roundtable next Thursday night, and we have a uh, interesting person for you to uh, listen to then as well. So, um, if there's anything else that needs to be said, speak up now. Marita, yeah, I just want to remind people this uh, tremendous Stargate and this energy of twelve twelve is our next call on Thursday night. Yes. So please join us. It's going to be exciting. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) all right. Well, thank all of our listeners and uh, good night all. We'll see you next Thursday. Good night all. It was lots of fun. Namaste. Nana, thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Aloha. Good night.